Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello and welcome to Caged In, as ever brought to you by the Breadcrumbs Collective and hosted by me, Petros Patsilovas. We've got a very special episode for you today, seeing as today is the release of the Chris McKay directed sequel to the 1931 Todd Browning Dracula. The film in question is Renfield and joining me on today's podcast is one of the film's stars. So not only does this film star Nicolas Cage, this also stars Nicholas Holt, who you may know from such films as The Favourite, Mad Max Fury Road, The Weatherman, About a Boy, or if you're a little Grebo millennial like me, you may remember the TV show Skins. Tony will always have our hearts for a certain generation. Yeah, I got to speak down, uh, got to speak down, got to sit down with Nicholas Holt for just shy of 10 minutes to kind of discuss this film, go into some of his, yeah, some of his um, preparations for the film, like the character himself and how he got into it. And um, I inevitably asked him as well, what is his favourite Nicholas Cage film? So that's there for you to enjoy. Be sure to stick around for after this conversation because I'll be giving some spoiler-free thoughts on the film, what I kind of thought about it. I, did, I feel like I, I need to let this one sit for a while before I fully cover it on the podcast. I feel like sometimes you rush into these kind of giving these lengthy full episodes on stuff when there's no chance to really sit at home and watch it and kind of fawn over it and, and get into the bones of it all. So, yeah. Join me after the conversation for that, and we'll, we'll we'll have a chat about some other stuff as well. Until then, enjoy my conversation with Nicholas Holt. I'm joined today with Nicholas Holt. First thing I want to ask you, Nick, is who is this Renfield that we see in this film as opposed to the ones we've seen before elsewhere on screen? Uh, well, I suppose previously when you've seen Renfield on screen, it's been a closer ad- adaptation to the novel, mm-hmm. to Bram Stoker's Dracula novel, whereas this this story takes place 100 years on from that story. Renfield has been working for Dracula for those years and is burned out, exhausted. He's working for the most narcissistic, <laughs> horrible, gaslighting boss imaginable. 
and uh, and he's and he's had enough, and he's kind of worn down by it, and he's trying to find a way to to escape and better his life. I'm always fascinated, like what's like the the initial like hook with this film? Like, how was it pitched to you by like was it Chris McKay? I imagine who kind of pitched this one to you. What, what did yeah, you? and Chris, you know, the 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 Universal Monsters realm had been kind of changing and switching yeah. up over the years, and this just felt like a very original fresh take on it and Chris McKay I think he did such a wonderful job with uh, Lego Batman mm-hmm. and kind of subverting expectations with that character that I thought he'd be you know very safe hands to have Dracula and Renfield in and see where we could twist that relationship and find new things to explore within that um, and put it under a new guise so it was just a yeah a fun original concept. I recently spoke to Chris yeah. about this film and he said it doesn't work without you and he said you bring this Weirdness and vulnerability to the role. Like, how, how, like, how does it feel for one that obviously he he felt that about about like this film doesn't exist without you? And how important was it for you to find that balance between the like the weird and the vulnerable within the character? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's 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 always a balancing act. And Chris was so fantastic at helping me balance that throughout the throughout the shooting. It's kind of it's interesting because Renfield, you know, in previous iterations as well is, is is kind of more crazed at those moments of the story whereas in this moment that that element of his nature I think has been toned down or worn down essentially so um, he's looking for someone to he's he's looking for inspiration and to be inspired and he, and, and he discovers it through this story um, so yeah we were, we were lucky we had a, had, a, had a good script and then just yeah. great cast around and, and Chris and everyone so it was like um, it was kind of a playful easy place to to kind of interpret and try things in terms of who who Renfield was in this story. Amazing. One of the things I noticed is the physicality of of the character. How did you go about kind of finding that physicality and like how important was that for you? Because obviously not just action, we've got comedy here as well and the way you carry yourself. Yeah, it was interesting because uh, Renfield is obviously someone who's used to being kind of a punching bag for, for Dracula somewhat and having him lash out at him and whatever else. So there were, there were elements to that with the physicality of always kind of being slightly subservient but also protective of yourself mm-hmm. um, and just trying to make yourself small around this huge, powerful character that is Dracula. So that was kind of the physicality to begin with and then gradually that grows and evolves and um, into him being a more confident kind of uh, person. <laughs> you mentioned, uh, like, yeah, like a powerful character. Obviously, Nicolas Cage plays Dracula in this film. Yeah. What was it like for you the first day on set, kind of seeing him all doled up as Dracula? You know what, <laughs> we, got, we got to do camera tests together that were really interesting for that because, I mean, first of all, he, he, when you first see him as Dracula, it's, it's kind of uncanny at times how, how similar to Bela Lugosi mm-hmm. he, could, he could look and in terms of also how he studied his mannerisms and Christopher Lee and kind of drew inspiration from, from their performances. But... Also, this this camera test where Chris McKay had music playing throughout, and even though there wasn't scripted dialogue or anything, we weren't doing scenes. There was just a way about how we interacted and how Nick demanded things from me, and and I tried to look after him and take care of him. That was um, it was it, it was it gave us a lot of knowledge about how these characters interacted. I think so. That was a it was a fun first way to explore um, doing scenes together. You get to see some of those camera tests, right, in the kind of credits of this movie I think I think so yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and there's uh, I think it ends on a great shot of Nick kind of uh, right at the end of the film um 
Obviously, yeah, the, you've worked with Nick previously on The Weatherman back, yeah. what, 20 years ago now, which is pretty uh, crazy. Yeah, nearly 20 years ago, yeah, mad. <laughs> so what are the kind of things that you had learnt from Nicolas Cage, like, back then, or is there anything you kind of picked up working with him this time around? You know what, working with him at, at 14, I don't think I could fully understand or appreciate um, what it was. And I could, I, you know, I could walk away from that experience. It was my first time doing a film in America, and I could see his professionalism and his dedication and things like that. But working with him this time, it was just um, the level of detail that he goes into and where he draws inspiration from. You know, one of the key inspirations that he, he used for this was uh, Anne Bancroft in The in the Graduate, which you would never expect mm. for this relationship or this character playing Dracula. And that's what's really fun is then picking up on the different moments and what he's infusing it with. So um, that was probably the main thing I learned from him in this. I mean, he's, he's always dedicated and professional, but... His, his his ability to draw from from so many different avenues and to to spark great ideas from that. Is there a particular scene that you found like really fun to do with Cage? Because oh yeah, there's <laughs> there's an apartment scene where Renfield's gone out and he's trying to change his life and he's got himself his own apartment, painted it, decorated it, got a new wardrobe, and Dracula turns up. He kind of gets wind of this and turns up at the apartment and they have a confrontation in it. Um, and that was one of the most fun scenes to shoot and um, one of the ones that I was watching Nick in and just thought he was brilliant. And yes, personal standout for me as yeah. well. Um, I'd be remiss not to ask you, uh, my podcast is based around the films of Nicolas Cage. I always yeah. close every interview by asking, what is your personal favourite Nicolas Cage film? Obviously, you have, a, you have two horses in the race, but is there anything <laughs> else that... Without... Uh, without oh, there's so many. I mean... Uh, adaptation has got to be very high up there. Uh, Raising Arizona, Moonstruck. Um, I love Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> yeah. I've been saying that we need to reboot that. Um, uh, those are the ones that first come to mind. Um, Wild at Heart. Um, Wild at Heart? Yeah, Wild yes, at Heart. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just making sure I got the right title. Uh, uh, yeah, there's so many. Well, Nick, it's been an absolute pleasure. Congratulations on an amazing Thank film. Thank you so much. Nice no one. Appreciate it. Well, there we go, guys. That was pretty fucking cool. I've got to tell you, I feel like, I feel like now, yeah, now that the interview is done, I can kind of bear all the secrets, uh, sh share with you my fears, my, my, my desperation, my kind of, oh. <laughs> um, this is something I've, I've never really done before. I've done online junkets. I've done a lot of stuff through just zooming people which obviously yeah i'm in the comfort of the caged in shed the caged in if you were um whereas this was going to a fancy london hotel having to wait in a room with people who obviously do this all the time and then sat on a chair in a kind of darkened hallway being like right you're up next and we'll grab you in about five minutes and kind of shitting my pants and uh yeah you can see the video for this as well which is over on the youtube page so you can kind of i'm i'm, I'm not sure if i've managed to to hide the fear or if that is in the moments when nick is speaking and i've edited those bits so you just see him uh, <laughs> so yeah you can't see the the sheer terror on my face but yeah this was a big big fucking deal for me and as many of you know i, I think i've mentioned it on the podcast or maybe I just mentioned it on socials, I was given the opportunity uh, to speak to Nicolas Cage. Well, I say I was given the opportunity. That was put on the table for this film. 
which would have been an absolute peach, right? Uh, that that's kind of where this podcast is heading, right? There's a one of the, one of the main goals of what we're doing here on this podcast is to interview the man himself. Unfortunately, that didn't happen due to scheduling and Nick not doing press for the UK release of this. But oh boy. Fuck, we were nearly there. We were nearly there, guys. Uh, but we'll get him next time. But yeah, what an absolute lovely chat it was to meet Nicola, to speak to Nicholas Holt. It was really nice, obviously, really cordial. You can imagine with a lot of these interviews and stuff like that, they're a bit like, I've got loads of this to do. I've got, I've just done, I've just done a load. I'm going to do a load more. But yeah, I'm, I'm super happy with it. I, I hope you are as well. Um, and how much do you want to see? Nicholas Holt in a Gone in 60 Seconds reboot. I would have that. I would I would either have him as a new member of the crew or the villain. I would love to see the roles reversed that are in this film as Cage as the hero. He's back out for one last, one last, one last job as opposed to the last job that he did in the last film. Um, and I guess he's a bit older, so maybe it'll be gone in 120 seconds, or maybe I don't know, gone in 240 seconds, as opposed to 60. Maybe that's uh, not doable. Maybe it's even quicker. Like cars, I guess a lot of cars these days as well are <laughs> are just computers. So there's chips. They just got to hack into the mainframe. Bish bash bosh, baby. You got all those cars. No time whatsoever. Gone in 10 seconds, baby. That's how we're living in the future so as for renfield i just wanted to give some brief thoughts on the film as i kind of said in the intro or maybe this outro <laughs> i can't remember which which one it was but to give this the four episode treatment i don't think it's fair to do so so early on i kind of made the mistakes in previous episodes of trying to see stuff at the cinema doing an episode really quick afterwards and you don't really get to see how it's kind of sat with the culture, right? You don't get to see how people have taken to the film, the, the, the real consensus on it hasn't really, yeah, things haven't died down. And I'd rather do the best episode I can than the fastest episode I can. And I feel like with this interview, with next week's Chris McKay interview, um, there's plenty of Renfield chat for you guys to get your ears around as opposed to me just being one of many voices kind of wading into a deep dive on the film which uh, i personally feel like yeah I, we can't we can't give it that deep dive that we like to do over here on caged in right now but what i will say about the film is it draws upon some fantastic stuff that i love in cinema so there's evil dead 2 in here there's kind of gruey gruesome violence there's there's a there's a humor to it. It kind of feels like we're going back to a place, and I guess that like we saw it with like Cocaine Bear in a way. We're going back to R-rated comedies for teens and adults that are just fun and funny. And this is a part of this is a part of that. And the kind of the tonal balance that this film does, and it was mentioned in that interview of it goes weird, it goes sweet, it goes quite it's quite comedic, it's quite like dark in places and i think it works really well and there's there's really nice kind of uh references to the older films there's there's a, a great kind of 
opening set piece when Renfield tells his past with Dracula that's fantastic. And yeah, as we mentioned in the interview, there is an absolute barnstormer of a scene between Nicolas Cage and Nicholas Holt that is an absolute masterclass in acting. It's kind of Cage both being hilarious and terrifying at the same time, which is um, a strong feat. And it kind of, I think horror comedy is something that is hard to get right. And I think this does it because it feels like there is both a reverence and an irreverence for the source text in a way. There's kind of, we know it so well that we're going to fuck with it. And I think that's what, any good kind of art does when it's looking at something a, a prime example of this and a very sorry very anglicized version of this would be people just do nothing people listening to this around the world who do not know about this this is a bbc sitcom about a group of pirate radio station mcs and djs and they manage to like yeah like it's a mockumentary style, but the the way that that really works, and I think that to bring it into what this film is talking about, I think the way that 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 works and this works is the fact that there is this love and reverence for the world that is in. In this case, it's a big reverence for horror, for the character of Dracula, but to obviously undercut it, you have to have that reverence in the way that. Um, people just do nothing they they, they've got a fondness for that scene so they can they can poke fun at it without it feeling like it's punching down and i don't think this film ever feels like it's punching down upon dracula or sees the kind of monsters universe ip as kind of lesser than what it is um it kind of treats it yeah with with the reverence but it's is, is super fun and i feel like all i'm doing here is talking about nicholas cage and nicholas holt and that that would be underserving the kind of great talent we have elsewhere in this film so aquafina is kind of there doing aquafina but she's just great with it she's kind of again she really rides that line between this bitter angriness that her character has this uh vulnerability and sweetness that i think this film's got got heaps of in spades and in buckets and um ben schwartz as well is fantastic as tedward lobo who is this kind of maniacal mad little brat of a mobster son who kind of just goes about getting away with all shit because he is who he is so yeah they're really fun the kind of the this is and and, and this is a perfect kind of it's 90 minutes long you have, you have a couple of, you have a pizza, a couple of beers, and Friday night, you have some friends. I like, I don't want to, I don't want to rate this film just in the fact of, I want to get to that when the dust has settled. I will be watching this again in the coming week or so, just because I really want to, yeah, I really want to dive back into what this film had to offer because I, I really did enjoy it and I hope you do too. So rush on out to cinemas. And check out Renfield. As for next week on the podcast, as I've said in this conversation, next Tuesday's episode 
will be a lengthier interview. So a 45 minute long interview with Chris McKay, the film's director. And we get into a lot of fun stuff there. We kind of cover some of the ground in here. We get, we cover a lot more ground than I, I had time to hear. It's a, yeah, it's a really fun. And we end up just nerding out about Nicolas Cage, which is, as, as I'm sure you're aware from listening to this podcast, is something that I like to do quite frequently. So that's a lot of fun. Uh, so stick around next week for that episode. If you've enjoyed this episode or any other episode of the podcast, for that matter, and would like to support us with some money, head on over to patreon.com forward slash caged in pod where you can uh, get a whole heap of bonus stuff. Uh, yeah, right now, I imagine, seeing as the video, the video for this is not actually going up till later today. You'll be able to watch it if you're listening to this dead on. You'll be able to, yeah, for a, for a pound a month, you'll be able to watch that right now, as opposed to waiting a little bit. You might want to wait anyway. But yeah, there's there's early access on stuff. There's a lot of bonus stuff. There's stuff in the pipeline as there always is it's just a lot of time a lot of i like, just, just just need more time the more you guys give me in the patreon money the less work i have to actually do and then yeah then i'll be able to do it i'll be, I'll be able to spend all the time providing uh patreon content for you and, and more content and fun fun stuff at the moment i've got a i've got a balance my life uh if you want to support the podcast and don't want to give me direct money and you want something tangible uh, you can head on over to our t public store or our etsy shop and get a handful of amazing different designs from um tim sinclair who's kind of a man who i come up with an idea and he says hey here you go here's that idea you came up with so there is a there is a few mandy inspired t-shirts that are a lot of fun there is uh, a wicker man inspired t-shirt and there's this kind of crazy idea that came up after an episode with mark hoffmeyer when we were talking about the old way about uh the ultimate mashup and i guess it's kind of pertinent to the not just this film but also a film that's coming out uh, very soon in evil dead rise we came up with the idea that wouldn't it be great if there was a mandy slash evil dead crossover movie called like the evil red or <laughs> or the evil wicked no the wicked evil dead or something something to that effect we'll, yeah yeah we'll, we'll have that so yeah you could buy that design as well if you don't want to do any of that and you still want to support the podcast you can do so by heading on over to apple podcast spotify or wherever you're listening to this right now and leave a five star rating and review remember in your review to let me know what does bill murray say to scarlett johansson at the end of lost in translation to have it read out on the podcast so as ever guys i've been petros patsilovas i've been caged in and i'll catch you next time Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. 
Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This podcast is presented by the Breadcrumbs Collective, home of the Charles Cinecast, Caged In Coppola Connections, a Drooptown Limery, Maine, franchised, and many more to come. Our shows are all presented ad-free and made possible by listeners like you. Please support our shows by subscribing, leaving ratings and reviews, and becoming patrons at patreon.com. If you'd like to learn more about Breadcrumbs, head over to breadcrumbscollective.com. Breadcrumbs. It's more than a podcast network. It's family.